0: Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, the book of Mark, chapter number 14. Mark, truth hurts, don't it? Mark chapter 14. I was preparing for the wedding, and the young couple had asked if they could have the um, communion ceremony as part of their wedding. And I was reading through Matthew and Mark's account of this text about the communion and I just kept on reading and God began to give me a little thought here. And I'm gonna ask you if you will stand to your feet as we read Mark chapter 14, verse 26. Now this is the night of the Passover, that they've celebrated, the, what we call the Lord's Supper nowadays. Mark fourteen twenty six. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, although all men shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. From these verses, Mark 14, 26 through 31, I want to preach on this thought. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your song. Father, would you touch us this morning? Would you help us to preach in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit? Lord, would you speak to hearts today? Lord, I've wrestled with you about this message. I'll admit it. I'll confess it to you. But Father, you've said this is for somebody, namely me, but it's for somebody today. Lord, you knew they'd be here. God, would you speak to their heart. Lord, would you help them. Father, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the blood and in Jesus' name, we ask and pray, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. This is the last night of Jesus' life on earth before his crucifixion. Judas, the traitor, has been exposed And he has been expelled from the room. Jesus and his other disciples have celebrated the Passover. It will be their last Passover together. It will also be their first Lord's Supper together. The Bible says in verse 26 that after or before, after they had the Passover and before they leave the room, the Bible says they sung a hymn. <clears throat> More than likely, that Psalms 113 through 118. Those are called the Halil Psalms. We know them as the Hallelujah Psalms. They, Hal- Halil means praise. Now these Psalms were always sung during the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Passover. And it would have been proper for them to have sung them. It is very interesting to me That Jesus, the word they, the pronoun they, means that all his disciples, except Judas, and Jesus included, they sung. It's amazing he's singing because in just a few minutes the conditions are about to change. They're going to leave the room. He's going to enter into the garden of Gethsemane where his sweat will become as great drops of blood. At the conclusion of that prayer that night, Judas is gonna come back and betray the Lord Jesus and Jesus will be arrested by the temple guards. During the night from midnight to morning, if I think I've been up a long time, from midnight to morning, Jesus will go through six trials at least. Three of them with the Jews, three of them with the Romans, all six of which were illegal. Do not think that Jesus was ever given our fair trial. Jesus is going to be mocked, cursed, blasphemed. He's going to be slapped, spat upon, shamed, and slugged. He's going to be nailed to the cross, suspended between earth and heaven, between two wicked thieves. Jesus will suffer and die the most agonizing death any man has ever known. Yet, Jesus, knowing all things... He's not running. He's not hiding. He's not trembling or cowering in fear. He is singing. We know him as master, king, lord, savior, messiah, christ. And in this text, we're reminded he's the singing savior. Number one. Very obviously in verse 26, Jesus sings. (laughs) When they sung a hymn, when they sung a hymn includes Jesus. Now, I listened to the congregation. I watched and I listened. I listened to the choir and I noticed very closely there are some of us men who never sing. I noticed it a lot. Now, I didn't really pay a whole lot to, to the women, but to the men, I noticed y'all, some of you, some of us, not singing. Well, Preacher Darren, it's because I can't sing. Preacher Darren, it's because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Listen, you don't sing because you can sing. You sing because he gave you a soul. Now, sometimes a man thinks he's too much of a man to sing. You think singing is for women. And you think singing is for children. But honey, Jesus is more of a man than any one of us will ever be. And he was singing. What does it mean when a man sings? Well, Preacher and I want to hear what it means when a woman sings. Let me just say this this morning. I don't know about women and I try to learn less every day. <laughs> but something I'm learning about men when they sing, three reasons they sing. First of all, they're unashamed of their relationship with God. He stands there and opens his mouth because he is unashamed. Well, preacher, Darren, if I'd known you'd been looking, I would have sung. Well, honey, Jesus was looking and you didn't sing. Second of all, a man will sing because he's unafraid of what others think. I've sung before and I've seen kids look up laugh at me like, man, he blew that. That That was horrible. But you know what? I I, I don't worry about what people think. I just sing. And I want to sing because I love the Lord. Do you love Jesus? So a man sings because he's unashamed. Now think about Jesus as a man. He's unashamed of his relationship with God his Father. He's unafraid about what everybody else in the room has to think. And he's uncompromising in his praise to God. He believes that God is worthy of being praised and and singing is not just a, an exercise of musical appreciation. Singing offers praise to God. The Bible says, Brother Seth, in Psalm 100, verse 2, come before his presence with singing. Well, preacher Darren, I didn't sing, but I praised the Lord. Okay. Well, one form of praising the Lord is clapping hands. Hallelujah! Praise God, give him praise. But there wasn't a lot of that going on this morning. Another way to praise him is, whoa, Glory to hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. And shouting to his name. But I didn't notice a whole lot of people shouting. Another form of praise is people standing up, raising their hands to praise him. But I didn't see a whole lot of people standing up. So Jesus was unashamed. He was unafraid. He was uncompromising. And he praised the Lord. I want to read a verse of scripture to you. You don't have to turn. It's in Zephaniah. Listen to this. Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee. He will joy over thee with singing. Jesus is still singing today. Amen. Now I know he sits at the right hand, Lord of God. He sits at the right hand of God the Father where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. But I'm telling you something else. He's singing, joying over his people that are joying over him. Glory to God. So Jesus sings. Number two. I've only have three. You'll say hallelujah. Number two. Jesus supplied others with a song. Now, I said you don't sing because you can sing. You sing because he gave you a song. Preacher, what song did he give me? Well, look in verse number 26 again. And when they, that includes Jesus, had sung a hymn, not only is Jesus singing, but they all sang. Jesus gave them a song. And are you saved? I asked you, are you saved? So if you're saved today, Jesus gave you a song. Preacher, I don't know what song it is. Well, turn with me. I want to tell you what song it is. It's in Psalms chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40. You could quote this to me, I'm sure, but I want you to see it. We'll put it on the screen, Lord willing. Psalm chapter 40. I want to look in verse number 2. Psalm 40, verse 2. We might read verse 1 just because it's so good. Let's read verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. There I was lost in a horrible pit. There I was in the miry clay. And he came to where I was. Into that horrible pit with me. And just as a, as a shepherd would lift a sheep out of the pit. He lifted me up. And put my feet on the solid rock. And established my goings. Well, preacher Darren, you said a song. Look at verse 3. And, that's a conjunction. It links it together. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. What about that? He put a new song up on your heart. He put a new song in your mouth. What is the song? It's the song of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's give you a new song. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. And when you are singing, many will see it and they'll say, "Well, if that man is praising the Lord, singing in his house. Glory to God, there must be something to it. Honey, I have good news for you. There is something to it, amen. He is Savior, he's Redeemer, he's Master, he's Messiah. Number two, Jesus supplies others with a song. Number three, and we'll be done. Jesus sincerely knows some are not singing. May I say that not everybody sings with Jesus. Now Judas, and I can take time to turn to John 13, 30. Before they took, before they took to singing, before they had this, Judas left the room. He was expelled from the room. Oh, he may have had a beautiful singing voice. He he may have hit his his falsetto. I'm telling you, he may may have been the best singer there. But he's not singing with Jesus because he's lost. Well, Preacher Darren, he he was one of the Lord's disciples. My Bible says, look with me in verse 21 of this chapter. My Bible says, The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him, But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed! Exclamation mark. Good were it for that man if he never were or had never been born. Jesus called him the son of perdition. Of those that thou gavest me have I lost none save the son of perdition who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. You you, you may have good enunciation. You, you may have a falsetto. You, you may be supremely talented. But if you don't have Jesus, you can't sing with Jesus. Preacher Darren, don't you tell me I don't have Jesus. Well, lost people can't sing with Jesus because they don't have Him. The Lord's children, there are times when the Lord's children they don't sing with Jesus. I was reading the text. Don't you know that in that room, Simon Peter was one of those that sung with Jesus. Simon Peter was one of those that went into the garden with Jesus. Simon Peter is the very one who said, Lord, though all men betray you, yet will never I betray you. Lord, I'm true blue. I'll go with you all the way. I'll even die for you. But I can take the time to read that soon after Jesus is arrested, Peter starts following from afar. Peter starts warming his hands by a a false fire, if you will, a counterfeit, the world's fire, the world's flames. And they said, well, you're with one of those that was with Jesus. No, I'm not. What happened to his song? He quit singing. Hey, you're one of those with Jesus. Amazing. No, it's not what he said. It's good to be. No, that's not what he said. He said, No, I'm not. He denied the Lord three times, and the third time, he cussed about it. And I want to ask you this morning why have you lost your song? I'm not just talking about you that opened your mouth and sung or not. That's what we see. But I'm asking you do you sing from here? There are reasons that we don't sing. And just because you opened your mouth doesn't mean you're really singing from your heart. I thought about David, a man after God's own heart. He was a man that took care of his father's sheep and sheep are very skittish and you know what he would do to them? He would sing to them. And David as a shepherd sang to his sheep and they learned to follow their shepherd. And it would settle and soothe those sheep. On the throne of Israel was King Saul. He was arrogant, prideful, rebelled against God. God allowed an evil spirit to start attacking him and assaulting him. And man, they saw, that his his counselors, his wise men saw that man, King Saul was freaking out. And so they said, you know, there's this boy that we pass in a field every day. And he's over there singing to his sheep. And his sheep seem like they're the happiest sheep we've ever seen in our lives. Reckon we could get him down here and sing to the king? So they went down there to the field and said, Son, would you come to the king's house and the palace and stand before the throne and sing for the king? Well, I don't know. You'll have to ask my daddy. So they went to Jesse and said, Jesse, can we borrow your boy?" He might go and sing in the palace. Oh, yes, you can borrow my boy. My boy. Hey, y'all, I want to send out invitations. My boy's going to sing for the king. Woo! And listen, it'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Instagram. It'll be on Snapchat. It'll be ABC, NBC, CBS. It's going to be on everything. See, my boy, sing for the king. And old David goes in, and he gets his harp, and he starts playing those hymns. And he's not, listen, he's not singing anything other than praising unto God. And the Bible says that Saul's spirit calmed. It soothed. It settled him. Everybody said, man, what a blessing that boy is. I don't understand it, but somehow praising God has settled old old wild Bill Hickok over here. I'm telling you. And and, and they said, we're gonna hire you. And Seth, that day he went into the full-time music ministry. They hired David to become the new song leader for the king. And then one day, there's a fight going on. And David's there at the palace to check on Saul, but Saul's gone. Where, 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 where's the king? How's he going to play? Oh, he's at the battle. And he went back to the house. He said, Daddy, they're at the battle. I guess I'll go back out to the sheep. And the daddy said, Listen, some of your brothers is at the battle too. Go check on them. Take some, take some wine and cheese and some gifts to them. And he gets them, and he goes down there to the battlefield. He says, Hey, brothers, how's the battle going? get down David, get down get down David, get down and he hears somebody cussing and defying God and he looks from behind the bush and he says, who is that big old giant? he said, his, his name's Goliath come on boys, get up, let's go fight him no, you just come down here to be part of the battle we're gonna beat him, but we're trying to strategize we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. We're thinking about lobbing some grenades over there. We're, we're, we're thinking about putting a drone on top of him and, and, and taking a pot shot from him from nowhere because we're really scared to go down there right now. And David said, God will go with me because the one time when I was singing to my sheep, a lion come out of the woods and then a bear. And I want you to know I killed the bear with my hands and the lion, I slapped him and then I smote him. Have you ever, listen, imagine... Read the Bible. Imagine grabbing a lion by the beard and slapping him through the face. And then the lion roared again and he's going go ahead and kill him. I'm telling you, we ought to go in the lion slapping 101 around here. It's about time you slapped your lion. It's been attacking you, trying to tear you all to pieces, amen. The Bible says that David He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And he defeated that giant. I mean, David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, that sweet singer, that man of God, he has defeated the giant. And listen, he didn't go out and start signing his name that I'm Dr. David GGK, the great giant killer. He just said God did it. Saul died, they made David king. And David, one night, when he's supposed to be out to, to war with all his soldiers, he was tired, lazy, stayed at the house, walked out on his rooftop and he saw a woman taking a bath and he stopped. And rather than look away, he called for the royal binoculars and said, who is that? And they said, that's one of your right-hand men's wife. He said, well, he's the way the battle. I gotta talk to her, let's have dinner. And so he sent people to fetch her, and' not make a long story short, he committed adultery with her. He sent her husband off to the battlefield to have him destroyed. And the Bible says that David lost his song because of sin. Well, preacher dear, I'm not committing adultery. yeah, but what sin has caused you to lose your song? In Psalm 51. Psalm 51 turn there with me. In Psalm 51 we're going to look at verse number 2. Psalm 51 verse number 2. Let's read verse 1. I keep verse 1. Have mercy upon me. This is David's prayer in the middle of his sin after he's committed it, lost his song. Have mercy upon me, O God according to thy love and kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Look at verse seven. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 11, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold, with, uphold me with thy free spirit. 13. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. 14, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing sing aloud of thy righteousness. He said, God, will you forgive me of what I've done? I've murdered her husband. I've committed adultery with her. Lord, I've sinned against God. Will you forgive me? And God, in his mercy and grace and love and kindness, forgave David of his sin. Oh, there were still consequences. But he forgave David of his sin, and he restored David the joy of salvation, and he went back to singing and became the sweet psalmist of Israel one more time. Have you ever backslid on God? Got out of fellowship with him. And though you tried to sing, you knew your disobedience or whatever it was, just like Simon Peter, you lost your song. Sin will cause you to lose your song. I'll give you one more reason, I'll be done. Situations will cause you to lose your song. May I say this morning? I need an amen right here. Life can be hard, it's difficult. There are problems. Sometimes you get heart sick, you have wayward children, you get discouraged, death invades your family, but you still love the Lord. You want to show him, you try to be faithful, but when you go to bed at night, you know your song is gone, and you can be in a very dangerous place. There was a young lady years ago, her name was Angie, Angie Case. She's a preacher's daughter beautiful godly young lady. She got married, attended the church where I pastored. In her early 20s, beautiful soloist. She got a brain tumor. And she said, Pastor, just pray for me that it won't allow my song to be taken away. I want to sing because I love him and I want to praise him. And the brain tumor got really, really bad. And it became very life-threatening. She said, I want to go to church. Her husband brought her. And she said, I want to sing today, preacher. And She got up. The pianist I just want to go back here. The pianist began to play and she stood at the microphone and she began to sing unto the Lord. And somewhere about halfway through it her words would not come to her mind and she began to get off and words twisted and very defeated and crushed and I mean I couldn't even believe she had done what she had done and And, man, severe problems, and she just fell over. She just fell over in sheer disappointment and in sheer discouragement. And I watched, watched my wife. She jumped up and took off up through there and grabbed hold of her and started praying. And next thing I knew, there wasn't a woman in that church, not a woman in that church, that hadn't made their way to the altar to begin to pray for Miss Angie. And when they finished praying, they loved on her. And she said, Pastor, would it be all right if I tried to finish? And honey, she sang like she has never sung in all the more days of her life. It wasn't long till she died. And her daddy, brother Sammy, and I preached the funeral at the Hendersonville First Baptist, which can be a quiet, reserved place. Brother Sammy went to praising God. I'll never forget. Right in the middle of that chaos, his daughter had sung all that time. He jumped on the front row. He was praising God. He said, "My girl's home, my girl's home, and the devil's not gonna take my song. She's up there teaching angels how to sing." And honey, that church lit up like a Christmas tree, and some of the bulbs was a flashing. Amen. I'm telling you, we broke out into the revival meeting right then and there on that place. Can you sing when life's disappointments and life's hardships come to place in your life? Can you sing? I know a precious preacher friend of mine. He sang with a family. They were fabulous. One daughter was called home. Then another son was called home. I want you to know, I want you to know his wife was called home. He didn't have anybody to play piano. He didn't have anybody to sing with him. And I came to him and I said, Preacher, how you doing? He said, Son, pray for me. He said, Because the devil's trying to take away my song. He said, But I've learned this. Can I sing when the music in life stops? Can I sing a cappella? Can I still praise him? No matter what obstacles, no matter what hardships, no matter what I face. There was a man I'd been preaching in a revival meeting. And he'd heard me on the radio and he came that night. And he, he said to me, he said, he said, there's a time in my life that I allowed situations to take away my song. I dropped out of my choir. I started becoming hit or miss in my church and became unfaithful. he said I was driving down the road and I heard you preaching on the radio They was playing a sermon by you and man God got in the car with me that day he said I want to come to your church he joined y'all you didn't even know it jumped in the choir and let him go to church here and sang with y'all just to say I'm going to tell the devil I'm not going to be defeated God's gave me my song back preacher friend of mine His precious son, a preacher himself, passed away. I preached the funeral there. The father-in-law of that boy got saved at the funeral. The daddy was on his face before the casket at the altar there, worshiping and praising God. And the wife sat there. I said, well, God's still good. And everybody said he is good. The daddy said he's good. And the wife said he's good, but not to me. You ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like God's good but he ain't good to me? And for three and a half years she dropped out of the choir. When the song leader would get up and say let's turn to 57 and sing Amazing Grace she'd just stand in the congregation. She'd try to go to church. She's the preacher's wife. She's kind of expected to be there some. And she said it's all I can do to even get to a service. How can I continue to worship a God that I called upon they would take away my son. How dare he do such a thing? When I needed him most, where was he? For three and a half years, she suffered. The preacher suffered and their church suffered. The preacher said, one day I came home and I heard my wife singing back in the bedroom in the back and she was singing praise unto God. And he said, I thought, what is that I hear? He said, I fell on the couch and began to thank God that I don't know what's happened, but thank you, Lord, that she's got her song back at least for today. He said, I went down the hall after I finished praying. And I said, honey, are you there? She said, yes, I'm here, smiling, chipper. He said, I couldn't but help hear you singing, honey, it sounds so good. He said, what's happened? She said, you know, I was angry at God because he took away my son. But she said, after three and a half years, Today, this morning, I got to the point that I needed Jesus more than I needed my son. And I'm telling you, if you'll get your eyes off your disappointments and you'll get your eyes off your difficulties... And you get your eyes back on how He suffered for you and the shame and the agony that He went through for you. When you see His suffering was so much greater than yours. When you see Him on that cross tied in your place. When you get to the place that you need Him more than you need what you lost or what you're going through. Your song will return. Simon Peter knew he had failed God. The Lord looked at him. He went out and he wept bitterly. And he said, I'm quitting the disciples group. I'm done with this. I'm resigning out of my Facebook account. I'm shutting it all down. I'm not going online anymore. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm done. I'm through with the whole group. I'm going back to fishing. But one morning they said Jesus was alive. The tomb was empty. And Simon Peter went in there and he looked. And he went on in and he saw the place where the Lord had laid He saw the napkin folded. He scratched his head and he said, can it be that Jesus is still alive? He walked out of that tomb trying to ponder what's just exactly happened there. And the Bible says on his way back, the Lord appeared personally to Simon Peter. Glory to God. Woo! And I want you to know, amen, that Simon Peter, he went back to serving God and praised him. He got his song back. I don't know who you are this morning but I'm telling you God's told me to come in here and remind you that you've lost your song and it's, it's on notice of God. My wife and I, we went through all kinds of difficulties. I'm telling you all kinds of struggles. There have, been, there have been times that I felt like my song was gone. I was ready to quit I was ready to give up. Preacher, Darren, you don't mean it. I was ready just to go get a job and just go back to doing what I used to do before God called me. And I'm telling you, God (laughs) gave where I was. And he gave me such a token for good and such a warning and all of a sudden my song came back. And though I'm tired this morning, I sing because I have joy. I sing because he's on the throne. I sing because he died for me. I sing because he rose again. I sing because he's king of kings. I sing because he's Lord of lords. I sing because he's my master. Oh, I want you to magnify the Lord God with me. Amen. Apostle Paul and Silas, they had went down into Philippi. They cast a demon out of a girl. Lydia got saved. People got upset. And they told them that Paul didn't have a license to preach. They arrested him in Silas. They beat him with many stripes. The pain and the blood that was on their back was real. You talk about suffering. You talk about hardship. You talk about struggle. There they were locked up in an inner prison in the middle of the night. And the Bible says at midnight they prayed and they began to sing. They sang when they were in pain. Woo! They sang when there was blood running down their back. They sang when they were in shackles. They sang when their feet were in stalks. They sang that night. And the Lord God in heaven heard it He began to sing over them and an earthquake came and the doors began to rattle and shake and every one of them would open and the jailer was going to kill himself and he fell down. Paul and Silas said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Amen. and thou shalt be saved. Honey, there's no telling who you're gonna impact. How many people's gonna be saved because you got your song back. Amen. You stand to your feet. Preacher dear, and I know my song is gone. Preacher Darren, I know my song is fading. Lord, I want to respond this morning. I want to go to the altar and say, "God, I want my song back—not just the enunciation from my lips, but the cry, the praise from my heart." God, I want that back. And I prayed this morning. I said, "God, I've wrestled." I said, "God, if it's really your intent, I preach this." Lord, I want you to feel this order. I want to pray over people that want their song back. I want you to come get your song back this morning. If you've lost it, tell him about it. Honey, this morning, he, if you're a preacher, he wants to give you a song back. If you're a deacon, he wants to give you a song back. If you're a Sunday school teacher, he wants to give you a song back. Honey, if you're a church member, he wants to give you a song back. If you're a lost man or a lost lady today, honey, he wants to save you and give you a song this morning. Honey, you can go to heaven without money. You can go to heaven without friends. Honey, but you'll not go to heaven without Jesus. You won't go to heaven without a song. Get your song this morning. It's what He wants you to have. Have you minded the Lord today? Oh, it's time you brought it to Him. He knows. Anybody else? We're going to pray. You want your song? Would you come now? Preacher, I want my song. Paul, this morning. Lord, I bow on bended knee. Lord, I bow with a reverent heart. Lord, forgive us. Restore us. God, I pray this morning. God, just as you gave Simon Peter his song back, Lord, I pray, God, that you would use us one more time. Father, I think about, (laughs) I think about Paul. He and Barnabas had split because of the contention that was between them, that even though they went through difficulty, Paul was praying and singing in the midnight hour. God, when we've been hurt, when we've been wronged, when we have difficulties, when there's spiritual blood running down our back, God, help us to have our soul back and to sing as Jesus sings. Paul, this morning, I prayed over this altar. God, I prayed over this congregation. Lord, these that even listen online, God, there's a a, a need that you're meeting today. Father, would you touch us? God, would you help us? Heaven, this I pray, in Jesus' worthy name, amen.